What's up, guys? Welcome to the Rich by Intention podcast. I'm RJ. And I'm Angie. And this is Rich by Intention. And for everyone that's joining, uh, we're so excited for you to come aboard our journey. You know, this has been something that's been a long time in the making, and we just really appreciate all of the support. So, you know, Angie, what's up? What's going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, no, I'm super excited um, that we finally gotten this podcast out there. Like you said, you know, this has been long in the making, <laughs> a few years in the making. You know, we we uh, had our hearts set on creating this podcast, creating dope content, and, you know, life got in the way yes. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we had our baby. <laughs> yes, yes, we had our firstborn, and, you know, that deferred our podcast. So, yeah. you know, it's supposed to come out about two years ago, and... You know, now is the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just happy that we can share our story uh, with you guys. One thing, you know, just to kind of add is that we really want to help others. Um, we really want to lift as we climb. We really want to, you know, help people change their legacy one dollar at a time. Yeah, we're, we we definitely made the decision to share our story because we know that the more that we share our story, the more people that can be inspired, impacted to just take action. You know, like our story recently came out in Business Business Insider, um, how we paid off $123,000 in a year. It's amazing the feedback that we've gotten so far about just how people have been inspired by just hearing that and the actions that they're ready to take to eliminate their student loan debt or any other debt that they may have. So super excited about that, that that this is... This has been really inspiring to people. Yeah, and and with the business insider feature that we received, like it happened so quickly and once it came out, you know, our first reaction cuz you know, we're we're private. Mm-hmm. We we shared it with our parents, but then um we were kind of at a at a point or a tipping point or breaking point where it was just like should we share it with the world? Mm-hmm. And we decided to share it and it's, it's helped so many people so far. Um, and it's only been basically a week or so yeah, uh, when week. it came out. So immediately we were like, let's do all the things that we said we were going to do at that same time. Like we were working on it behind the scenes, but we never had like a fin- finalized date. And I think anytime you're setting up a goal, you have to put a, a deadline on it. You have to put a date on it that you're working towards uh, because life does get in the way and you still have to move forward regardless. So it's very important that you keep moving, you keep moving forward and you take that step. So, yeah, it was Business Insider. That was phenomenal. Um, something that we didn't think was possible, just like paying off, you know, 123K in debt in, in, a, in year. a year. So Yeah, I mean, we initially thought... That when we made our plan to pay off debt after we got married, thought it was going to take us over three years to really pay off this debt. One, I should even back up and say, we thought that we were going to have our six-figure student loan debt for decades. Like, we didn't even think or imagine that this was something that we could remove from our lives mm-hmm. in the near future. We we were under the impression that debt is something that has to be with you, that will be with you for until you until you retire like it's just a part of life that was the mindset that we had but i think just through education reading listening to experts and podcasts you know we kind of shifted our mindset on the debt and like i said when we first created our plan to pay down our debt we had calculated that it would take us over 3 years and never imagined that it would take us a year to 
<laughs> to to pay it off, you know? And I think that, you know, the reason we were able to pay it off so quickly is because we just got intentional. We figured out what do we need to do, pay it down. Do we need to get, you know, increase our income at our through getting raises or promotions at our jobs? Do we need to change our jobs because they're not giving us the promotions that we deserve or the raises that we deserve? How do we cut our expenses? How do we live more frugally, you know, and still enjoy life? Like even though we're cutting our expenses and living a frugal life, but how do we still enjoy our life? Because like we were newlyweds, right? Like we were just married and this is a time to be just enjoying this new life that you guys are entering in together. And so, you know, we we still wanted to enjoy our life. And I think we did. When we created our first budget, yeah, like we thought we were going to, it was going to take a few years. Yeah. And it's important that, you know, you just take the first step. So in, in this episode, you know, we're going to talk about how we paid off 123000 of debt in one year. But more importantly, we're going to talk about what led to these milestones. You know, how do we get on the same page? How do we get our mindset together? What was the actions that we took? And how do we ultimately accomplish something that we thought would take longer? And it just showed like when you have intention, good things start to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in this episode too, just to add on, it's really just talking through the things that we did even before we were married to start getting, you know, control of our finances. You know, when people see an article that says, you know, this couple paid off a six figure debt in in a year, that sounds crazy, right? (laughs) Like that sounds like unheard of of or Mm -hmm. unreachable to a lot of people. And we wanted to kind of paint the picture for you guys. I think a lot of assumptions can be made, right? That, oh, you know, well, you, in order to pay off that type of debt, you have to make, you know, a exorbitant amount of money. Or, you know, in order to pay down your debt, you need to have two incomes, right? Like, oh, if I was married or if I had a partner, you know, I'd be able to start paying down my debt. But because I don't have that, I'm just going to keep living my life or the way that I have been and not worry about removing, you know, the student loan debt or what have you. But I think, you know, we want to paint the picture for you guys, even before we were married and combined our finances, things that steps that we took to really control our money, because we weren't perfect. (laughs) You know, when we were single, we, uh, you know, we all have made our money mistakes. And I think what we hope that you guys get out of this episode is that, you know, as long as you start where you are and start taking action, um, as an individual or even as a couple, you can really start, you know, just making strides in your finances and really getting control of your finances. And so that's what we hope we do today. So no, I'm excited for you guys just to be a part of this journey. In the show notes, we'll have like Link Business Insider if you haven't seen it. Um, and also to our Instagram. So RJ, I think what would be good for our listeners is if I ask you some questions, right? About, you know, before we were married, I want to understand your relationship with money and some of the some of the lessons and mistakes that you made or learned along the way. So you ready for that? I was born ready. Okay. So all of us have dealt with money, you know, from the time that we were kids, right? So I'm wondering, you know, like, what were you taught about money growing up in your home? You know, the biggest thing that I saw is you always have a job. And my mother taught me the value of just like saving money. Um, I remember back in the day at the banks, they used to have this 
thing called a Christmas club. And essentially at the beginning of the year, you would save every month toward this and then they'll give you, you know, everything that you save around the holiday season, around Christmas time. And, you know, those are those are good things to to learn at a young age. You know, I remember my mother every week she would pay bills and I would watch her like balance her checkbook. That was really informative. But as far as like just money as well, it was never really discussed, I would say like about like your credit or like investing. Those conversations never really was had for us. Yeah, I think in a lot of homes, black households at least, you know, I can relate to that because, you know, I think we're all taught to save money or Caribbean homes too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're all taught to save money, but not necessarily invest money. And so I think our parents, you know, my mom, again, she was the same way where she was um, a huge proponent of saving money and knew how to save her money. Okay, so that's good. I love the Christmas club story. <laughs> yeah, so you, you got me all up in my feelings. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got me all telling my views on money. Um, so what were some of the money uh, lessons or things that you were taught about money growing up? Yeah, so I think for me growing up, money was a part, uh, money conversations were a part of my childhood. You know, even at a young age, I remember when I was about maybe six or seven, we would sit down together and do her budget together. We would balance her checkbook. (laughs) You know, we used checkbooks back then. And my mom would show me where all of her money was going. And I thought that was so powerful for me as a young girl because I was like, oh, money just isn't this thing that's overflowing, you know, like you get a finite amount and you have to allocate it in a way you have to be able to allocate it um, efficiently, effectively for your family. And I saw that with my mom where she was able to, she was able, she was on a single income, so she didn't have a double income, but she was able to stretch her income so far because she budgeted so effectively, you know? And when I saw her budgeting, balancing her checkbook, you know, I asked questions. So your mother taught you how to save money. Mm-hmm balance checkbooks, you know, live below your means. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as you get older, sometimes, you know, you lose, you make decisions that go against what you were taught. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit some of your money mistakes you made? Yeah, I mean... Prior to us, like, getting married. Yep. Yep, yep. So I would say before we met, (laughs) or not even before we met, while we were together, before we were married, before we were married, um, some of the money mistakes I made was, like you, after I graduated, I bought a brand new car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brand spanking new. It's the rite of passage. I had, you know, I was driving my little 98 Honda Civic and I was like, nope, I'm done <laughs> with this car. I need to get my uh, brand new car. So, um, so yeah. And yeah, so I got a new car. I started working and, you know, I decided to buy lunch every day. Yeah. And then, you know, we were working, I was working in the city at the time and lunches in the city add up. Like I was spending at least 10 to $15 almost every day on lunch. So that's a few hundred dollars a month that I was spending on eating out. Another money mistake that I made right after graduating, when I started my first job, you know, they give you all this information about your 401k. And, you know, honestly, that was so foreign to me. I was not, I didn't understand the importance of, you know, saving for retirement, contributing to my 401k. And I didn't. When I first started my job, I did not contribute anything, um, not even the match that your employer gives. And I think that was 
a huge money mistake for me. And that was just because I wasn't educated on the benefits of, you know, investing in a retirement account at the time. You know, we all we all make money mistakes. And I think from us sharing our story, it's important to know, like, you can make money mistakes, but you can always fix them. I'm an example of it because I made every money mistake Mm -hmm. you could. Like in, in college, I was getting refund checks. And not thinking about it, you know, as Angie, as Angie said before, like, you know, your those refund checks that you were receiving were, you know, loans, basically. So, yep. you know, you should have gave it back to the loan provider. But we didn't know. But we did not know. You know, like, we thought it was we thought it was free money. Yep, um, we did. And the biggest message to come across is to start. That's that's the biggest thing is to start. So, yeah, I mean, that's where you were um, when we first met. And that's where I was when we first met. I had close to forty thousand dollars in student loan debt, and you had a hundred. Oh, well, yeah. So I had a hundred and like twenty <laughs> plus in debt alone. Alone. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. So 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 yeah. So I have a hundred and twenty plus thousand, and when we first started dating, right, with a lion's share of that, my student loans at ninety, close to ninety. How did you feel about that? Like when we first started dating. Yeah, I mean, I was when you first told me. Well, one. I knew how much of a burden this was on you and that you were very emotional about being in this much debt. You didn't take it lightly. That was one thing I noticed about you, that this was something that you were like, I need to figure this out. I know how much you hated Sally Mae. <laughs> you, this was a huge a part of you. It was taking up so much space in your mind um, you know, you were always talking about your loans and you were so fixated um, on like figuring out a way to get rid of it. And so, you know, when I, when we first met, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, like hearing that, you know, again, like I was 40,000, close to $40,000 in student loan debt compared to your 120. Um, but, you know, so I, I was... I was a little nervous, <laughs> but I knew that you took it seriously, you know, that it wasn't just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I have this much debt, I have six-figure debt, and, you know, that's just the way it is, but I knew that it affected you deeply, and yeah, so yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me let me just hold on that, because I, I know that there's a lot of people with student loan debt right now, and like, for me, like, having that, having the the, the amount before I was making payments didn't really mean anything to me, right? I was just like, oh, I can pay off, you know, 80000 in debt, you know, once I get a job and, you know, making a million dollars a year. But when I actually first started having to make payments, I'm like, what in the world? You know, you know, the who, how, what? Like, I was, I was heartbroken mm-hmm. um, with the amount of student loan debt I had, but more more specifically, like the payments. You know, when I started paying all my loans um, over $1,300, and mm-hmm. that was painful. And I, I referenced before, like, I felt like a failure in a lot of ways because, like, who who graduates with an undergrad? Yeah. You know, $1,300. And I, I felt that. Like, I knew that, um, yeah, I knew that you wanted to kind of figure out what to do. So I think, you know, when we first met, like, One thing that I would say that my mom taught me was the importance of being able to have conversations about money with your significant other, you know, being able to talk about it openly and honestly um, is important, right? 
especially when you're in a relationship that you that you plan to have lead towards marriage that having those open and honest conversations is important and getting on the same page about your finances is important that's something that we did early on in our relationship right because we started the conversation about it you know like we were honest with each other about where we were financially so yeah so I want to like elaborate on like like what was like the catalyst for change mm-hmm. for each of us. What, what would you say your your motivation to start making changes were? What shifted my mindset was honestly I think it was seeing how much I was spending on food. Like I just started for whatever reason I started remembering all the lessons my mom taught me about budgeting, and I started like really making a budget again and. Seeing like where my money, that my money, that over $200 a month was going towards eating out or just lunch alone. It wasn't even breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was just- Just for lunch. Just for lunch. One meal of the day was $200 a month. And I was like, oh my God. So it's possible you think you were spending like 600 plus a month on eating out, going out? Yeah, definitely. I mean- I was spending a lot on food. Again, I had an apartment, so I was still buying groceries and whatnot. So I was spending so much on food just for myself. Once I saw how much I was spending, I was like, oh my God. And I think, you know, just remembering those lessons that I was taught and just bringing them back, (laughs) you know, after I graduated, when I started my first job, I think really started me on a better path to managing my money. Another thing that I think changed our mindset was when we were dating, we started reading a lot of books together. Mm-hmm. You know, we really like, I remember on our commutes, there was a point where we were commuting together to work mm-hmm. and we would listen to the same audiobook at the same time mm-hmm. and <laughs> talk about it. You know, so like, what were some of the books that we read? So we read Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. That was a phenomenal book, which really teaches you everything about a mindset shift and looking at, you know, assets and liabilities, right? Like a car is a liability. A home, in a lot of cases, is a liability. And assets uh, put money in your pocket. Liabilities take money out of your pocket. So it was a really simple concept that really can do a a mindset shift. Uh, We also read uh, Millionaire Next Door. Yeah, and I think that was the book that mm-hmm. really hit it for us. That, mm-hmm. wow, like, you know, because I think, especially when we were younger, you know, back then, like, this was maybe, this is about 10, 8 to 10 years ago now that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. You know, we thought millionaires, you know, it was the things that you wear, like the flashy stuff, the car you drive, the designers that you wear, um, you know, the house you live in, right? Like, it had to be glamorous, spectacular. And that was our idea of what millionaires were. But I think this book, what this book told us was no, like, (laughs) you know, there's millionaires that are in your everyday life that you would have no idea that they are multimillionaires. And it's because they live a frugal life. You know, they live below their means. Low key. Um, They're low key. They're not flashy about their wealth. And, you know, they're just normal everyday people. And so I think, you know, once we read that book and it's like, oh, shoot, that is, <laughs> that's us. Like, we can do that, you know? And I think that book was the biggest, because they talk about couples in that book too, right? And I think that book was a huge catalyst to us starting to shift or, you know, not even shift, because I think we were 
taking the steps at this point, but to really like take our financial journey full speed ahead. Yeah, yeah. And there was other books that we read as well. Um, you know, for from a career standpoint or networking perspective, we listened to like Never Eat Alone. Um, yeah, Never Eat Alone was a good one too. You know, as we were both, you know, early in our careers, you know, we were, we learned about the power of networking and con- building relationships with other people at your company um, or even outside of your company and getting mentors, mentors and sponsors. And I think that was huge for us too, right? Because that pushed us, right, to seek out people who were in places that we aspire to be and learn from them, connect with them, get informational, have informational interviews with them to understand the steps they took to get to where they are. That is how we were able to, you know, eventually get promotions and actively, proactively just take ownership of our career. Or rather, we took our career into our own hands by um, just building relationships with people. Yeah, yeah, and there was it was so many other books that we had read, like Automatic Millionaire. Yeah, Automatic Millionaire was a great one where we really took the steps to automate all of our finances. <laughs> um, you know, and again, we weren't we we did not combine our incomes at this point, but we were separately taking steps to get our own financial houses in order. So, you know, we I I know that I started automating my expenses and my bills and whatnot. And RJ, I know you did the same. So Yep, did the same. Um, yeah, Audible was vital because we commuted, you know, there was points, you know, where we commuted like an hour and like a half into yep. the city. Um so so, so we all we huge. had time was to to read or listen to books. So yep. And we did it together. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's like a message that we want to get across because we were dating, but we were getting educated together and gaining financial knowledge together and talking about it. And I think that's really valuable in dating relationships um, where you're having like communicate, like just communicating about, you know, something so serious as your financial health together, you know, and talking about the steps that you each individually will take to start bettering your circumstance. No, that's a great point. And it's so important to inform yourself, educate yourself so that you can then make the best decision going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've made so many mistakes. You've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first step was like realizing that and then the next step was to educate yourself to figure out, you know, how can you improve and what steps should you take next? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the questions I have or something that I want to outline for our listeners is like, you know, we weren't married yet. You know, we were managing our money as individuals before we were married. And so like, what were some of the steps you took on your own to start managing, to get better control of your money? So yeah, what I actually started doing was budgeting. Um, you're already doing it. So it was good to like kind of pick your brain on like how you budget and what things are you doing. So started budgeting, really figuring out where my money was going, where it was going. As you go through that process, you start to realize that, you know, you spend your money on stuff that you necessarily don't need to spend it on. Um, so it was a lot of places where I could cut things. That, um, can, I, can I just add to that? Because you, you spend it on what you, don't, what you don't necessarily need, but you have more than you think you do, right? Like, I think that's what a budget helps you do. Like, it's like, whoa, like once you really start managing every dollar that comes in, it's amazing to see how much further that dollar can go. Like, it's amazing that, you know, you think you had 
limited amount of money, but I think once you really start getting a handle of a, of doing a budget, it really makes you feel like you have more than you really do. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think one like to be clear, budgeting is is not fun uh, when your finances are a mess. It's not fun, right? You know, it's a lot of pain that you're gonna you know go through seeing like all the you know things that you buy that's not necessary, calculating all the debts that you have and you know, interest that you may be paying on it. And you really see like, you really get a clear picture of like where you are financially when you when you start the budget, when you look at, you know, your your prior statements. So doing that process, although I thought that, you know, I was frugal and 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 or and or cheap, um, I really was was doing what most people were doing, which is just spending their money um, at, at a whim. And that was something that I had to change. Right. So that was the I think that was the first yeah. step. I want to say this too about a budget because, you know, I don't think a a lot of people have the mindset that a budget, a budget is limiting, that, you know, you're depriving yourself of something when you're on a budget. And I don't, I know for me, that wasn't my experience. I feel like a budget gives you freedom, right? You're able to spend the money on, on things that you truly value. I mentioned earlier, you know, I was spending hundreds of dollars per month, like on eating out. When I could have really put that money towards saving for something that I really, really wanted, whether that's a vacation, whether that's, you know, some type of material item, whatever the case may be. I think that's the power of the budget and like seeing where your money's going, you're able to really just get the things or um, you're really able just to really put it towards your values at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's just important to have the structure when it comes to your money. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be as rigid as, you know, you know, down to the T, but you should have some structure or framework in terms of how you manage your money. It'll help you so much. And, and someone said this a long time ago, like you should treat your own personal income like a business mm-hmm. um, because every successful business has a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should have one as well if you want to be successful. So, you know, really like help change my perspective. And and I, I did I did a budget. It wasn't as, you know, detailed as um, can be, but it was good to get me on the right track. So once I had started doing the budget, I really wanted to improve my credit score because I, I felt that if I could refinance my car um, from 12% to a lower amount, I, I, I could save on the amount that I was paying. But I could still make the same payments, right? So if I refine, I refinanced it and it dropped from maybe four hundred dollars to uh, maybe like three twenty five, just with you know lower interest alone. You know, I still made the payments of four hundred dollars to to you know pay down the loan, right? So so one of the first things that I did was improve my credit substantially, um, in, in short order, just by you know looking at my credit utilization, which is you know out of all my total credit. Um, how much am I actually using? So the goal was to pay that down as much as possible or increase the limit so that the percentage goes higher. Um, I also... I want to stay on the credit card debt Mm because that's important. So you lowered your car payment from $400 a month to $325 a month, but you were still paying the $400 a month. Yep. Can you just talk about that a little bit more? Because I think... I think naturally... Once you like refinance everything, uh, your payments will go down in some capacity, especially if your credit goes up. Right before it was like I increased it to like seven hundred, so when I refinanced the the car loan was much lower. Well, the uh, interest was much lower, so I could make lower payments. But 
I decided to keep the same payments as as before so that I can pay the car off earlier. Faster. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's important to mention. Like you made you lowered you refinanced it. Mm-hmm. You got a lower payment, but mm-hmm. you still paid what you were paying before, the higher amount, so mm-hmm. that you could pay it off faster. And I think what a lot of us tend to do is, you know, oh, I lowered my payment, so I'm just gonna pay that new low payment. Yeah. No. You, I think it's important that although we lower the payment, you lowered the payment, you still put that extra money towards that extra $75 a month mm-hmm. towards it, and you were able to pay it down a lot faster. Yeah, and, and eventually I was able to pay off the car um, a year and a half earlier, and that substantially helped my finances, right? Because I no longer had this specific car payment. And then also, like from an insurance standpoint, now that I, you know, own the car, um, I didn't need to have like, you know, the full comprehensive coverage. I still have full uh, coverage, but a lot of the stuff that's on there, I was able to reduce it. So, you know, my my insurance probably went down from like, I think it was like one, I think it was like 180 and I dropped it down with like, um, what is it? Defensive driving and uh, just reducing some of the areas of coverage to maybe like $140. So I say $40 there plus no longer $400 payments. And it just started freeing up cash flow. Yep. You had more cash flow, which mm-hmm. is so important. And yep. so so now you have an extra... So you paid off your car. Yep. You lowered your insurance, your car insurance mm-hmm. payment. Mm-hmm. So now you have this extra $440 a month mm-hmm. um, coming into... Now it's your money, yep. not going yep. to any banks. <laughs> yep. So so what did you do next after you freed up this cash flow? Yeah. So then... So then... So, so yeah, I paid off the car. And then the next thing I paid off with my credit card. So... Um, I believe I had, you know, probably eight thousand, uh, $9,000 in terms of credit card debt. And I paid that all off, um, over the next year. Um, so, um, uh, I think, what was this from this? So, yeah. So I paid off the credit card debt. Yeah. So you freed up cash flow and that cash flow allowed you to add on top of the monthly credit card payment that you had, it allowed you to add an extra 400 some odd dollars to that payment. And so Mm -hmm. you were able to pay it off. Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, so you paid off all this. So what I want to meant, what I want to like paint here is that you started taking action on your own, right? Like you started taking the action, the steps that you needed to get your financial situation under control, right? Yeah. My goal was to only have student loans by time me and you got engaged, right? That was really like Mm -hmm. my, my goal. Yeah. So for you, what were some of the steps that you did, you know, prior to us getting married, like to uh, improve your finances? Yeah. So, you know, uh, like you you mentioned, the budget was huge. You know, seeing where my money was going was super important. And the budget allowed me to actually eventually like live on one, one of my paychecks. So I got paid twice a month. And because I was getting really good at budgeting my money, I was able to really live. All of my expenses were, you know, for one paycheck. And I was I was making an average salary. I wasn't making six figures, nowhere near it. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> like I was a new grad and I was, you know, um, I wasn't making um, crazy money. So, you know, but I, I was, the budget helped me live on one of my paychecks. And the other paycheck I used solely for my student loan payments as well as saving. So I wasn't throwing all my money at my student loans at this point, but I was, um, you know, paying down 
my student loan, just making the regular monthly payments, but also saving money. Now, as we continue to get educated, I made the decision to pay off my car. So after I graduated, I got my car. And again, that that second paycheck money <laughs> that I had that I was using for savings and paying down my student loans, I decided to allocate money um, on top of my regular car payment towards my car loan. And I was able to pay off our car, my car before I got married to you. So, you know, those were some of the steps that I took. And it was... Oh my God, when I paid off my car, like it was, it felt like such an accomplishment, you know, like one, because I did it, you know, on my own, like it was, it was a lot of money. Right. And I, and I just got it, I got it done and I was super proud. I was super happy. We celebrated, I think like, that's one thing we want to mention too. Like during, during this process as we were both trying to work on our individual finance finances, we celebrated the wins, right? Like we, whether it was having a, a a nice dinner or you know just doing it doing something like going out somewhere you know like we made sure to celebrate with each other as we were you know taking the steps to make sure our finances were good before we got married um so yeah i mean yeah i didn't have much credit card debt you know i pretty much paid down my credit card every month but i think the real key here is you know, as a single person, not married yet, just getting to the point where I could, <laughs> I could really live off of one of my paychecks was a huge benefit and accelerated my savings, accelerated my car um, payoff and allowed me to, you know, still maintain the minimum payments towards my, my student loan debt. So yeah, yeah, I think that's, that, those were the steps that I took. So yeah, so these are the things that we did um, while we were single, um, not married, mm-hmm. um, paid off my car, paid, paid off my, um, credit cards and improve like my credit. I mean, did a lot of things just to get, just to have a good financial foundation. So only thing that was left around the time, like we had, you know, got engaged were, you know, my student loans mm-hmm. and your student loans, <laughs> right? Student loans. So we were at, you know, me around 90 and you around 30. So, so yeah, so, so that's how we kind of went into our marriage was that we had this $120,000 debt burden um, to go in. And I think it was really important for us to pay that off before, um, you know, we started with planning to start a family or do anything big, like buy a home. After we got married, we decided to like, literally, I think it was like a month after we got married back in 2017, we decided that we wanted to eliminate this debt out of our lives, these student loans out. <laughs> you know, we didn't want to start our marriage on this foundation of just debt. You know, we wanted or, to... Yeah, or just in general, like we didn't want to have money issues because of a debt. Um, yeah, so I think it was important for us as newlyweds to eliminate the debt because, you know, issues or fights about money are a leading cause of divorce in this country. And, you know, we wanted to do whatever we could, with whatever was in our control to not have that burden on us right yeah yeah and i think it was just you know us being intentional with it was Mm -hmm. you know important we wanted to 
change you know our legacy yeah. change our family yeah tree. we don't come from money um, like i think that's like that's something that i want to mention like we don't come from wealth right like our parents did the best that they could with what they had you know rj is you know you're from like the inner city right yep. like i'm mm-hmm. from the inner city too like yeah. you know we yeah. didn't come from wealth and so you know this yeah. idea of and you i mean you i mean uh, you know you're, you're second generation jamaican immigrant yeah. You know, so it's like. Yeah, like I'm um, the, you know, my mom was born in another country in Jamaica, and building wealth wasn't, wasn't something, that, something was that we knew was attainable for us, right? I think at the time, like before we got married and before we got educated on personal finance, you know, you kind of just go through life and you say, this is it. You save some money and that's it. But, you know, I think once we got educated and once we got married and made the decision to combine our finances, which I think is was super helpful in our debt payoff of six figure debt. Yeah, and before before we go further, like one like combining finances is you know everyone has their own situation, but for for us like it was important that we had the conversations about money you know before we got married, yep. um, and we were on the same page when yes. it came to money. So when we got married, it was only natural for us to put it together because it together. we had the same values about money we, we looked at money the same way being transparent and having you know uh, combining everything allows us to work as a team right work as a team yeah um, manage our money as a team right yep, like with everything right mm-hmm. like we're just like thinking on the same wavelength and our we have the same goals we have the same vision and it was only natural just for that to be the next step so that we can you know put all our resources all of our you know, time, all of our um, thoughts behind this one idea is that, you know, we can uh, change, change or build wealth for our generation and the next generation yep. after that. And it all started with us wanting to pay off this debt. It was something that we thought, to be honest, we thought it, we thought we was going to pay it off. We, we paid it off in 2018, but we thought we were going to pay it off in three years. <laughs> which is um, now, which 2021. Is, <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, just about now. So the the biggest thing that we learned from it is like, if you put like if you get laser focused with it, you get in, you get intentional, you do everything in your power that you can control to like make changes, mm-hmm. like things will just start naturally happening. Yep. Um because you'll look at everything, every decision that you make, you're looking at how much will this cost me now later, right? So you look at it like let's say I'm just going to buy a new car, right? You may think like the cost is, you know, 20,000 to 25,000 for the car. Um, even if you get a low interest rate, but the cost can be like, hey, I could have invested that, and instead of losing twenty five thousand, I gained twenty five thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Via via investing in more, right? Over time, so it's just more of like understanding your decisions, how much will they cost you now or in the future, and start taking steps towards that. And mm-hmm. you need a goal, right? When you're getting on the same page with money, like you, the only way you can do it is to have a, a goal, common goal, a common mm-hmm. goal, a common vision. Um, because it's not about someone telling you, I need you to do this, 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 this. It was like, I'm, we're doing this or I'm doing this because I want X, right? And whatever your X is, which it could be retirement, it could be for your children, it could be for, you know, future generations. It can be mm-hmm. for, you know, just to get the home that you may want in the future, um, to fix everything now. So, yeah. After getting married and deciding to have this lofty goal of paying off over $120,000. I feel like it was just so great as we started out our marriage together because I think, you know, to your point, like just working together as a team, managing our money, like it brought up, we were able to communicate like never before, right? Like we were able to 
have conversations around, okay, like not only about, you know, our debt and our payments, but like, okay, once we free up all of this money that's going towards this debt, like, what do we want to do? Like we were able to dream and just think about what we want to do after we paid down this debt and freed up this money. And I thought that was great too. Like, you know, as newlyweds, just thinking about our future and what we want for our future, thinking about our future family and what we want for our future children, you know, and just having conversations around that, I think was just super, it was great, you know, just being able to kind of confide in each other and talk to each other and be vulnerable with each other um, in that way as a newly married couple. Yeah, and so... So yeah, so I, right now, you know, it's important that I want to kind of go over mm-hmm. uh, the steps that we took, right? You know, we get married, you know, we come back from a honeymoon and now yeah. we're like, all right, let's do this, <laughs> let's right? Let's do it. No mm-hmm. more fun, right? No more fun, <laughs> right? We The the honeymoon was the last fun. Um, we had our wedding. Not really. Our honeymoon, we had a lot of fun while we were paying off we, our We debt. did. But, it was fun for us just paying it off, right? Like it, we had a lot of fun with it. Like, yes, yes, yes. And we were ready for the long haul, yes, right? Like, ready. like coming off our wedding, right? Um, and our honeymoon, we were like, okay, once we come back, <laughs> starting July 1st, you know, we got, we got, uh, married on June 10th, mm-hmm. June 10th, but June 10th. So, you know, kind of like that, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, July 1st, we were like, let's go. Let's go time. Yeah. Let's do so, it. I mean, so let's go through like some of the things that we did as after we decided to pay off this debt. So, one was getting on the same page about money and our goals. Yeah. And right? so, like, I want to say this because, like, I want to, we got on the same page about money and our goals while we were dating. Like, it wasn't, okay, now we're married. Now let's have money conversations. Like, let's, now let me know how much debt you're in. Now let me know <laughs> all of these things that I should have known prior. You know, like, we were dating. We knew that we were going to be married one day. And we decided that we needed to do this together. Like, we were already partnering together. And getting educated together. We didn't pay off each other's debts while we were not married. We worked on our own goals and our own debts um, individually. But once we had we, conversations. And we yeah. had conversations. We talked. We encouraged each other while we were each trying to pay down our debts. Yeah, just getting on the same page about money is super important for couples, you know? And I would encourage our listeners, if you are dating, like, just to start having those conversations about money. And even if you're not dating, you know, I think another thing that was helpful with us getting on the same page, our goals were, like, connecting with others who may have been doing the same thing mm-hmm. or reading the same books as us or listening to the same podcast. We had discussions around that yep. as well. So, you know, it's important to have a community, right? Yep. And, and whether you're dating or not, you know, it's important to reach out for the resources, the groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of Facebook groups. There's a lot of, you know, uh, YouTube uh, channels, podcasts, um, book yeah. clubs, and, and people, you know, and, you know, your local community that you can connect with to, you know, talk about money or talking or talk about just your visions or your goals that you have. So that's always going to be helpful, right? Because you, you need um, accountability yes. partner and it could yep. be a friend, family member, you know, someone you're dating, you, you know, your spouse, um, a mentor or someone or you meet else. on the internet, yep. someone that you connect with in one of these communities or these groups and you, you guys just build that connection and you're like, yeah, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. Yeah, so one was us getting on the same page about money and our goals. 
while we were dating so that by the time we got married we were ready to go yeah so that first mm-hmm. step was bringing everything together right because we already on, we were on the same page and our goals and then we put everything all of together. our finances together all yep. of our incomes together yep and we opened up bank accounts um you know so in our household we actually have multiple bank accounts we have an account for the money that comes in so all of the direct deposits from our employers go into one account And then we have another account for all of our bills. So all of our expenses come out of a second account. Our direct deposit account transfers a certain amount of money um, into our bill or expense account. And I think that is super helpful when paying off debt. At least it was for us, you know, just separating your money like that. So you're not, because a lot of times, like when you have all of your money in one account, and you're trying mentally to allocate it to different places, you know, it can, you know, it can get very confusing, right? And sometimes it leads to overdrafts. So, you know, I think just having that separate account for bills or your expenses is super helpful because you're putting a specific dollar amount. Like once you get good with budgeting or once you create a budget, you know how much you need to live each month. And you put that dollar amount into the bill or expenses account at your bank. And yeah, you just, you know exactly how much is being allocated for your bills. And then we also had an account separate for our savings. So we basically had, I think, three accounts that we that we that we work with. Yeah, so we had the direct deposit account, the bill or expense account and our savings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and we had multiple savings accounts cuz we save for yes. for multiple things. You know, it's just it's just important, right? It keeps everything organized. Yep. It's easy for you to track know, know where things are going. So, you know, at the bare minimum, um, you know, three accounts and then uh, yes. savings are two. Uh, it's super helpful. super helpful. And, you know, I want to say, because sometimes some banks charge you for the extra account. So find one that Find one that doesn't charge you or, you know, find out before you go, you know, create an extra account, like find out if there is a fee to create multiple accounts and then find a bank that doesn't charge you <laughs> to have multiple accounts because some do. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but budgeting was so important for us, as we mentioned earlier, when we were both just paying off our debt individually. Like we already knew how to budget, we were ready to be on a budget. It allowed us to continue talking about our expenses, our debts. It's super important um, when you're trying to just get on track financially. Yeah. So the next thing that we did was. We focused on what we can control um, or reduce, which were our expenses. expenses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the first things that we did was negotiate our rent payment with that landlord. Yeah. So that was huge. And it didn't come to us right away, right? Like we were just kind of thinking about, okay, like what are some of our larger expenses and what can we do to to lower them, to get them <laughs> decreased, you know, so that our money could go a lot further and one of those things was talking to our landlord. You know, we didn't know what this person or entity was going to say to us. Yep. Um, but all they could say was no. And if they said no, we'd be in the exact same place we were in at that moment. And, you know, I encourage like anyone listening, like sometimes we can't be afraid to just hear no. And if that's the worst that happens, then that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think the timing was good because there was a lot of open uh, apartments that was available so you know at that time any owners like hey i gotta make sure i keep my current people so 
Yeah, and uh, I think if you're good tenants, like if you're a good tenant, you pay on time each month. At the end of the day, landlords want to keep good tenants. And we were really good tenants and we said, "Hey, if we can if we sign a 2-year lease, if they if you lock us in for 2 years, um, how much lower can you how go? much lower can you can you come down on this payment on on you know our rent payment so and they agreed and we were able to to get it down I don't know by do you remember how much I think it was like hundred and fifty dollars yeah by a hundred we were able to get it down by a hundred and fifty dollars that's huge yeah yeah so so yeah so once we were able to do that we were like hmm what else can we negotiate yeah. so we started calling our um uh, internet provider right and we're able to get that reduced by like twenty dollars per month then we started um calling um who else was in there uh gym memberships we looked at them that we have like a lot of times beginning of the year you Mm -hmm. sign up for the gym you go for like the first month and then you never go again we canceled all of those we're like we'll work out in the house right you refinanced your loans i refinanced my student loan so Mm -hmm. you know i had the line share i had ninety thousand. you know went to sofi i'm like hey what can we do can we can we talk some good numbers you know, and they they reduced that down. My my interest on those student loans was substantial, right? It dropped from like nine and a half percent, right, for these these private loans by Sally May, and I dropped it down to like five percent mm-hmm. uh, with SoFi. So that saved me a lot of interest uh, when we were thinking about okay, let's do this, let's pay this off. So did that as well. Um, also phone bill. So phone bill. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a we we had AT and T at the time, and I was with them for like. 15 years or something like that yep. so so my first thing was like hey i've been a long time uh, loyal customer um i'm thinking about leaving what can you guys do and they put credit on my account they put credit on my account for like 30 dollars, and then i found um another uh promotion right because uh because i think i had unlimited at the time and i went away from unlimited and i ended up dropped that down my bill down by like another like 40 dollars. so i was saving like seven dollars a month on our phone on our phone bill mm-hmm. and so we did this with every single item um yep. within our budget even our like um eating out we stopped eating mm-hmm. out really we yep. cooked almost every meal mm-hmm. at home yeah. um we had a very um strict i would say i handled the groceries and what whatnot but we had a strict grocery budget yeah, you had a low budget i had yeah, a very low, low budget, we had a yeah. very low budget yeah. um i would say but we ate well still you know yeah we didn't go until i mean you may have <laughs> if you're listening you may have heard people say like rice and beans yes or beans and rice like we didn't we didn't yeah. do all that no but, we cooked but, we cooked you know, our food but we it just wasn't we wasn't going out to eat and we wasn't yeah, uh, and buying a, lunch and different things. Exactly. We were, you know, making sandwiches. You know, I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwich a lot, which I still do <laughs> for lunch. For lunch. Let's make that clear because we were eating healthy. Um, yeah. So no, I think like lowering our expenses was super helpful. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, again, we were just trying to free up as much money as we could. So yeah, so so we lowered our expenses. So we lowered our expenses. Mm-hmm. We figured out what we can drop, what we can change, what we can reduce. And that was so helpful. And that actually helped us like improve our um, negotiations. We negotiated with every company that we paid a bill to. So, you know, when you think of that, right, if we lowered our expenses, the other thing that we could do is increase our income. Yep. So, yeah, like now that we lowered our expenses, increasing our income was the only other option <laughs> that we could think of, mm-hmm. you know, to really throw everything we could at this debt payoff. And, yeah, we did. Like, you know, I, after we got married, you know, a few months in, like I was actively seeking out opportunities at my company that um, 
I was actively seeking out opportunities at my company. And I know you, you were actively not only seeking out opportunities at your company, but also looking for opportunities outside, looking for new companies. Yes, I started looking at internal, externally, like new roles and, and stuff that I could mm-hmm. could take, you know, working like in, in finance. I was trying to figure that out, have conversation with people, talk with people, and really kind of follow the same things that we're doing um, in terms of like our own like personal finances, like educating myself, reading books, Never Eat Alone was a phenomenal book. And started just having network networking conversations, right? Because they also often say your net uh, work is your net worth. And it's true because, you know, relationships, just networking helps you get in rooms um, that you didn't necessarily think you could get into. Yep. And so, so that helped me in terms of getting to another firm. And so, yeah, so a few months into our debt payoff, I was able to get a promotion. And, you know, I had to actively <laughs> go after that promotion. Like it wasn't something that just fell into my lap. I had to negotiate my title as well as my salary for the role. And again, what was the worst that could happen? Me asking. All they could say was no. And like we did for our expenses, you know, or like we did when we renegotiated our rent, um, you know, the worst that we could hear was no. And so I think just applying that same concept, like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I was nervous. (laughs) I didn't know what to expect, but they said yes. And I was able to increase my income. I was able to get a new title. And that was all because I asked for it. And um, yeah, so like, I think just for our listeners, like, just ask, you know, if you're a good worker, if you're a hard worker, um, you know, if your team, you know, if you're a good worker and a hard worker, all you can do is just ask for it. And the worst that they can say is no. And for me, going through the same thing, you know, figuring out like roles that I could go to, firms that I can go to and... You know, I was able to find a a role that I liked and, you know, pursued it and was sent an offer. But back to, you know, negotiating with these companies, ask for more and, you know, they either was going to accept it or not. And they always meet you in the middle ground or they say no or whatever the case. The worst you can hear is no. And if they say yes, even if it's incremental. Yep. That's that's going to help you in the long run. So that's what we did. You know, Angie, she got her promotion. I found a higher paying role at another firm that jump started our debt payoff. Yeah, I think that really like just accelerated our debt payoff because we were able to increase our income. Um, You had another you had a side hustle. Yeah, we were able to increase our income so greatly on top of lowering our expenses buy a lot. <laughs> um, so that just totally accelerated our our debt payoff. And, you know, on top of me just getting a promotion at my job, I also, you know, became an adjunct professor to bring in more income into our home and to, to put towards our debt. And yeah, so like I got a side hustle. <laughs> that's what I think that's what we want to encourage you guys to do. Like ask, you know, like all you can hear is no. And we want to encourage you just to ask for the promotion, ask for the raise, or if none of those things are being given to you, start looking outside of your company. It's amazing how much more you can increase your income for the same doing the same role if you switch companies. And so we encourage you guys to to do that and also look at getting side hustles. What can I do? So I'm if you're happy at your job and you just want to increase, you know, your income, 
what are some side hustles that you can really do? Like, it's amazing the amount of things that you can do today. There's, there's so many things that you can do and, yep. and you can learn how to do it, right? Via yep. YouTube or Google and they'll give you step by step. So yeah, so think about, you know, side hustles. Think about, you know, asking for more or looking at another firm if, if your current employer or company is mm-hmm. not, you know, valuing you. Um, yep. Because too often we stay at jobs um, out of comfort. Um, you know, a lot of the things or the steps towards success is getting uncomfortable. So that's what we mm-hmm. did our entire process of paying off this debt and started seeing a lot of momentum momentum mm-hmm. um and you know shortly but uh, in a short order and short in, in a short time frame we, you know we paid off all 123,000 of debt you know by time by April 1st right April 1st um of you know that, 2018 that 2018 mm-hmm. overall like we lived frugally like we lived a frugal I think overall we live frugally, right? Mm-hmm. Like that we just made it a lifestyle for us, you know? Like we increased our income but not our lifestyle. We cooked every meal like we said. We didn't really spend our money on really much anything. <laughs> you know, anything that wasn't essential um or didn't go towards our goal of paying off this six-figure debt. Like we we just lived frugally. Like we found like we enjoyed life though. Like I want to you know, mention that because I think, you know, oftentimes we think like, oh, I have to deprive myself while I'm paying off debt, but that's not true. We just got creative. We looked for alternatives, right? So like, instead of us going out to a dinner, you know, like in the city, you know, we cooked beautiful meals at home together and enjoyed it together. We had amazing date nights together. Like we, we looked up free activities, you know, that there are things that you can do that are free. Metro area museums are free. Yep. I mean, there's so many parks. You know, there's there's yes. beaches nearby. Um, movies, like I love movies. So you know the the first show mm-hmm. in the morning um, before twelve is it's the five, matinee. So yep. you pay five dollars. Yes, and let's be clear because in New York, how much are movies at night? Yep. yep how much yep. are they? Like twenty dollars a person. Yeah. per person just for the ticket. So like just making that one change of going to the matinee versus the evening show, you save so much money. Yeah, I was okay. I'm I'm okay with going in the morning or... (laughs) Yes, we did a lot of morning movies. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. 11 o'clock watching the movie. Oh, yeah. Nobody's in there. It's like you own the theater. So, you know. But it was really like thinking outside the box. (laughs) But I think for us, for... Yeah, and for us, it's like got to think outside the box. And for us, we, we never really been inside the box. So, you know, we always just thinking outside the box. And, you know, that helps us, right? And I think... You know, we were singularly singularly focused on this goal. Um, we were on the same mindset, the same page. We really were intentional with what we wanted to do. Yep. And just things just started to happen. Yep. Um, and that's like the message. Just take that one step forward. Yes. Right. Have that one conversation. Ask for more. Talk to someone who's doing what you ultimately want to accomplish. Just do it like Nike. Just, yeah. just make, make that step. Just because, make one change today. Because everyone who, you know, paid off debt or everyone who starts investing or everyone who got their promotions or anything like that, you know, they wish they would have did it sooner. Yeah. Can I just make this statement? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, everything that we did, like investing, it compounded, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we were able to accelerate our debt payoff because- We didn't just do one thing. We did several things, right? And it compounded. Just like how your investments compound over time and it grows and it continues to grow, our decisions are the same way, whether they're good or bad. So when you continuously make the right decisions or have the right habits, they were combined as well to something great, right? So you go from good habits to great habits to great outcomes, right? And the same thing with 
bad decisions, right? It goes from bad decisions to worse decisions to worse outcome. You know, when we started this episode, you know, I talked about how I had all this debt, but then I bought another car, a brand new car at 12% interest. That decision alone, like, caused a lot of ramifications for me. If I would have changed that decision from buying that new car to paying off the debt, um, I probably would have paid off my debt much sooner or been in a better situation financially. But often, you know, our habits dictate what we would do when it comes to our decisions. So yeah, no, I, th- I, I, yeah, I think that's beautifully said. Um, just make that one good action today. Like what's the one action that you can take to just start changing your legacy today? Yeah. And just like simple things that, that, you know, I think of, right. Mm-hmm. That we did, like, you know, we listen to podcasts, we you know, start now, getting educated. Yep, You can, you have audible, we have podcasts, we have YouTube. You can just Google it, right. How to pay off or how to do, or how to do a budget. Watch a YouTube um, video on you, it. Yes. There's so many things that you can do, right. You can lower your expenses. You can talk to, you know, the, the companies that you pay bills to utility companies, your rent, yeah. you can talk to those people. You can reduce your lifestyle. So by that meaning, like, you know, if you are getting a new job or promotion, you don't have to spend more money just because you can. Yep. Uh, it's important that, you know, one thing you want to keep in perspective is like when you get a new job, a lot of times people are like, oh, I got to buy a new outfit or new clothes, right? But when you go to that new job, all the clothes that you have will be new to everyone at, the, at that new job. So you don't have to buy new clothes. You can just bring yourself to the new job, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Same when you go on vacation, right? Like you don't have to buy a new bikini or a new uh, swimming trunks, right? When you go on that vacation, all of the your your all your outfits will be new to the people there. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, mindset I just is, think is very like, important. You know, finding alternatives for the things that we do, finding free or lower cost alternatives is, I think, the takeaway here. Like, you know, calling up that utility company or calling up that collections provider, that collections um, service to see if you can lower your payment. Um, you know, I think all all they can do is say no. You know, and um, that's the, if that's the worst that you hear, then that's that you're doing pretty well. So, yeah. So, you know, we encourage you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, hearing our story a little bit more in detail. And we want to encourage you like we want you to just start where you are today. Yeah, it is possible. Yes. It is possible. All just starts with intention. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about how we paid it off and the business insider, but we also talk about it on our blog on richbyintention.com. And also guys, you can follow us at richbyintention on Instagram. Uh, we share, you know, more information, um, yes. motivation, money tips, um, education on, you know, budgeting or paying off debt or even investing if, if you're at that point to invest and uh, really just help people manage their money in everyday life with intention. Yep. So thank you guys for supporting us, for listening. We're super excited for, you know, this podcast and what we have to come for our listeners. So thank you. And we're looking forward to the journey with you guys. Yeah. And, and for season one, we have amazing guests that will be on this podcast for season one. Yep. We have some great guests um, coming on to the podcast and, you know, who are going to just share their success stories, their advice um, to our listeners. And yeah. Yeah. And our our goal is like really for you to be rich in your career, rich in your relationships, rich in life, rich in your marriage, marriage, and ultimately rich by intention. Yes. Thanks guys. Thank you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you leave a review um, if you like what you're hearing. 
we just really appreciate the support. For us, the biggest factor that got us to where we are today is, you know, it all started with intention.